0: Love, talk radio
2: Well, good morning and thank you for joining us on the inclusive <laughs> podcast. It seems we are missing our introduction. No, I was waiting masters. for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was waiting for that nice little music. I, I thought, oh, I have a couple more seconds to have a sip of coffee. You know what?
1: And- Maybe that's what the message that came on when I that I turned off before I got a chance to read it. Maybe it was saying, "By the way, your audio clips will not play automatically, so go ahead and hit uh, the button." Uh, Shall I hit the button now? Shall we roll? we hit the button. Let's great. hear it. It's a great. So let's intro. get our dramatic intro. Okay, yeah. we're a professional <laughs> operation here. People, hold on. <laughs>
2: Welcome to the Inclusive Class Podcast, the weekly podcast for teachers,
0: parents, and communities who envision an education system where all students are treated equal. Together with top experts in the field of inclusive education, we offer tips, advice, and solutions for including students of all abilities in today's classroom. Now here are your hosts, Nicole Eridix and Terry Morrow.
2: Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> that was a much better way to start. We'll <laughs> edit all that. Minus the, out. Minus the echo. Yeah. <laughs> How is everyone this morning? I'm I'm hoping you are all well, and uh, thank you for joining us on the Inclusive Class podcast. My name is Nicole Erdix, and I'm one of your hosts for the show. I'm a parent, teacher, and creator of the online resource, the Inclusive Class. And as uh, some of our listeners already know, we are bringing you a new format, for the Inclusive Class podcast this season, and it is a weekly virtual roundtable discussion with a panel of very notable expert guests um, that are talking about inclusion and helping us dig deeper into the topic of inclusive education. And, of course, I also have my co-host, who is here with me through thick and thin... Terry Morrow, <laughs> hello,
1: Terry. Yes, we have the very notable experts. and then Terry. <laughs> <laughs> well, my reliable it's co-host, host, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I am Terry Morrow. I'm. Uh, I write about parenting special needs for About. Com at SpecialChildren. About. Com. I'm also the author of Fifty Ways to Support Your Child's Special Education, and I'm the parent of two young adults with special needs. And this week at our roundtable, we have Lori Swan Hunt, parent and founder of the online resource Ollie Bean, and Amanda Moran, parent and author of the Everything Parents Guide to Special Education. Welcome, and what has everybody been up to? Uh, Lori, you want to start off with what uh, what's been going on with you this
3: week? Sure, sure. Um, We are still working on our literacy life hacks at Ollie Bean and um, collecting data from the focus groups that we've um, that we're working with and. The, they've committed to turning on and leaving the um, the closed captioning on their television sets, and they've downloaded our mm-hmm. 250 wow. um, with the free flashcards at Ollie Bean, and that represent the most frequently occurring 250 words. Mm-hmm. And working on their kids, kids with the flashcards and the captions, and we're going to just track their progress and what if it makes a big difference in their. Um, their literacy skills so i'm really excited about that Great. and if anyone wants to um to to join in or um just have the flashcards you can um download them at ollie bean and i'll send you the link nicole um to oh, put yeah. on your site if that's okay
2: yeah
3: sounds good yeah will do so and have Amanda, a busy week around here on? yeah have <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> got other things that have been busy yeah um Uh, Amanda, what's going on with you this week?
0: Oh, my goodness. I've got a lot going on, but one of the the neatest (laughs) things that happened this week is um, I'm one of the new contributing writers for Parenting Special Needs Magazine. Um, In the latest issue, it just came out. I love that magazine, and I'm so honored to be writing for it. And uh, the latest issue that just came out, I have an article in it called "Tips to Keep on Top of Your Child's IEP. And Mm -hmm. instead of it being sort of a reactive it's a proactive, so you can sort of keep on top of it before you find yourself in the middle of an educational crisis, ideally speaking. So, and actually, great. the Everything Parents Guide to Special Education is one of their giveaways this month in Parenting Special Needs Magazine. My publisher has um, donated 10 copies for giveaway, so I think that's exciting. So, that's what's going on this week with me.
1: I'll I'll talk about my week next. Uh, One thing is, I think last week I mentioned that the uh, um, Parenting Roundabout podcast was going to do a special education uh, uh, episode this week, and we did do that on Wednesday. Amanda and I were in on it, along with um, Lisa Joe Rudy, who writes about autism for about.com, and uh, Carrie Ann walmart who writes about toys but is also an occupational therapist in her real life so um we had a really great discussion and i i urge everybody who enjoys this podcast right here to check that one out as well if you go to blog talk radio uh the very site you're listening to this one on uh and search for parenting roundabout you should be able to find it uh we had a really interesting good talk and hope good to do coach. more on that topic uh, yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? That's great. Yeah. And also, yeah. I'm just yeah. on a personal note, have been very interested this week. My, you know, after all the the good and sometimes not so good assistance we got over the years of both my kids in special ed with paraprofessionals, uh, my daughter okay. officially started a job this week as a paraprofessional in yes. a first grade classroom. Oh, that's great. So like, you know, singing, Thank singing you. for everything. There is a season, and all those nostalgic things. And it's, you know, I've I've seen so much over the years of the. The hard work the paras do and the lack of support they have, it's sort of bittersweet. <laughs> I won't yeah. luck, yeah. sweetie, but I know it's not going to be that easy. But, uh, you know, if every, anybody is so inclined, send good thoughts her way and wish her well. The next generation oh, of paras is moving into the job force. us. Um, <laughs> and, Nicole, what's been going on with you this week? Well, I had a pretty busy week, and yesterday
2: it uh, kind of was the um, highlight of the week, well, other than this podcast, of course. (laughs) Um, I hosted a uh, webinar uh, for Cheryl Jorgensen in uh, partnership with Brooks Publishing, and it was fantastic. Cheryl Jorgensen, as you know, we've had her on the show before, and I know that um, Lori has talked highly of her, many people do. She's just a wealth of information, and uh, really just talks about presuming confidence in kids and naturally including them in the environment. So she gave a great webinar, which is available for viewing at um, brookspublishing.com. So if you missed the live webinar yesterday, you can go and have a look at it uh, on your own free time. And next week I'll be doing a second webinar with Whitney Rapp, who's going to be talking about supporting behavior in the inclusive mm-hmm. class, and I believe there are still spots open for that one if you want to register. The benefit of registering, folks, is that you get an email after the webinar with all sorts of free content and um, discount codes and all sorts of neat things that Brooks is offering along with the webinar. So
3: and I can attest just, to that. The yes. webinar
2: was fantastic.
3: and so you listened um, to it. You saw it. I did. I loved it. I loved it. Too. Um, uh Cheryl is just a wealth of information and really practical,
0: really, really mm-hmm. practical
3: solutions to, to to making sure that everyone has an equal opportunity and and mm-hmm. further education. She's great.
2: Good. Well, I'm yeah. glad you caught it. I hope you yeah. missed a few little uh, glitches at the beginning. <laughs> I
3: did <laughs> My didn't. computer
2: literally froze like two minutes before that webinar oh. started. No,
3: no, no. I didn't <laughs> notice that at all,
2: and I I was oh. there for the beginning, so. Oh, good. Well, thank you. I'm I'm so glad that that it came across as as being successful. So, yeah, thank you. Um, so that was that was this week, and then today, of course, the podcast. And today is uh, another great topic to talk about. Um, We have Lori and Amanda returning with us, and we are giving you a parent's guide to inclusive education. Um, Often, we hear about it uh, coming from educators themselves, and um, pa- especially parents who don't or aren't familiar with the language of education or the nuances and the <laughs> the little um you know bits and pieces that teachers sometimes assume that we should all know about uh this kind of show will give you an overview of what inclusive education is all about and what parents can do to support it as well um and we have so here we have um Laurie uh who's a parent speaking from a parent's perspective. Amanda is um a teacher and a parent. Terry is a parent myself been on both sides of that classroom door, so we have lots of interesting um tips and advice I think to share with you today. So um let's let's talk about uh inclusion for parents. Amanda, do you want to get started?
0: Sure. Um, interestingly enough, I opened up Education Week this morning um, on my browser and I realized there is a principal who wrote an article about five ways to create an inclusive atmosphere and I thought this was a perfect, Ooh, perfect yeah. way this morning. It was perfect to, to read that first and it was really good. Um, you know, and as as most of us who either come from a parent's perspective or a teacher's perspective know that the research shows that like all kids benefit from inclusion. So. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we're talking inclusion, I think it's it's a really good idea to start you know defining your terms a little bit um, and in the case of our child, it was sort of difficult at first to have everybody benefit from it because the teacher had this, had some of the teachers felt the need to sort of make the other kids aware of what might possibly happen with them um and I don't think that's always the necessary conversation from mm-hmm. the beginning because it can make other kids sort of like wary to form those friendships.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, so
0: you know if you mention you may see this child using a different way of communicating, you may see um a different way of maneuvering around the classroom. I think that's fine, but not this sort of so we have to make sure he feels just like the rest of you by telling you he's not just like the rest of you <laughs> doesn't seem yeah. to work very well, but. You know, in terms of defining your terms as a parent, I know that it's it's always hard, you know, when you're sitting around an IEP meeting and all these words are going thrown around and we're talking about goals and language and those kinds of things. I'm not sure that everybody always has the same definitions of inclusion, and I think it's good mm-hmm. to talk about that at IEP meetings. You know, and to talk about how your goals are going to reflect that inclusion instead of saying, you know, well, we're going on this curriculum we're going to get them to, but, you know, sort of add in that language while working in groups with non-disabled peers, which, you know, is sort of the legal language, or in participating mm-hmm. in that, re- in the fourth grade reading classroom or something like that. Um yeah. You know, and I think As a parent, I think there's a lot of stuff that you need to start looking at, like what are the programs your school has in place to support inclusive classrooms. There's a lot of RTI, which is Response to Intervention Programs, starting. Sometimes you might hear it as multi-tiered support systems, but it's in-the-classroom support for all kids, and it sort of builds scaffolding levels um, of support, but it's in the classroom, and I think that's great. Um, Universal Design for Learning Approaches, are great to have. Those are really cool. You know, I was thinking about it when Laurie was talking about the closed captioning. Closed captioning is, is a uni- universal yeah. design for learning. You know, people who um, have communication difficulties benefit from it. But, like, say, for example, you're, you know, you're at a busy restaurant and it's really loud and you want to watch the game.
1: Those yeah. closed mm-hmm. captionings help
0: everybody. That's a universal yeah. design for learning, stuff that that will help certain groups of kids but will also help all of the kids. So you know, I, I couldn't thinking, watch a show without yeah. closed captioning now. Really, it, it, That's You miss so much.
3: You miss so much. I, I, I really can't even imagine um, watching it. I miss it when it's on there. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've talked to a lot of people with um, um, processing issues. They also said yeah. it was. It wasn't until I turned the captions on that I really. Um, got the bigger picture. So you can try it. Then if it doesn't work, turn it off, but try it. It's easy. Mm -hmm. It's free. It's on your TV.
0: (laughs) It was a great way for our son to start learning those social communication pieces, because if he wasn't focusing on the words, he could read the words, but then he could focus on the facial expressions of things, too.
1: It was really cool.
0: You know? Right. So I think those pieces are pieces that in a classroom you can say, so what are we doing that is sort of maybe disability-related, but also it's going to help all of the kids. You know, and, and mm-hmm. teachers, I think teachers have to be on board with this. You know, not a ugh, we have to do this because it's what we're doing.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: let's talk about what you think inclusion is. Um and you know, I, I just think it's great to have plans in place when you're looking at things and defining terms. Um it's not always gonna go smoothly, but it's certainly worth a try. It's it's definitely, definitely worth a try. So mm-hmm. that's my my um, thoughts. So Amanda so <laughs> sure. what
3: what do you suggest if some if if um if someone presents with that attitude of, uh, you know, I just, I don't really want to do this. That's
0: a tricky situation, isn't it? Yeah. I, and I think it yeah. depends on, yeah. who, doesn't it depend on who's presenting the attitude to some degree, too? If it's a yes. teacher, I think if it's a teacher and you're really uneasy, I think it's okay to sit down with the administrator and say, and what other options are there in this school, you know? Yeah. Right, um, right. <laughs> I, I think it's okay to try to work it through, but I think sometimes you have to. We did it, and I and I felt really uncomfortable about it. But we finally said, my child needs to be out of this classroom. He's he's yeah. feeling more ostracized. And I never do that. And I think from a teacher's perspective, it's horrifying to to have somebody come in and say, you're not doing this right,
2: mm-hmm. um, even when
0: you feel you are. But I think as a parent, you need to be able to say, it's not working. It's, it's not going the way yeah. I need it to.
2: Well, I look
3: forward to seeing the um, article in Education Week about principals because that was one thing right, Cheryl yeah. touched on in her webinar yesterday. That really the principal sets the culture of the, yeah. the school climate, and absolutely, and it's it's so important to to make sure that that they're on board. And um, you know,
0: yeah. and I, you know, we don't have this here, and I know a lot of people who do have the special education parent group which I think are Mm -hmm. just amazing, an amazing way to sort of start those conversations on a broader level um, Mm -hmm. as a group. Yeah. something. that's something I aim to do eventually in my school district, I think. I think that's great.
3: Yeah. Great. One thing that that we did, and and this was recommended by um, Paula Cluth, was to have a vision in addition to the IEP, so to have – you know, depending on your child's age, um, but at any age, they sh- should be involved. But your child could do it by themselves at uh, an older age um, to have a vision about what, who they are as a person, and the that mm-hmm. they're um, what they want out of education, what they do in their free yeah. time. Because some of the IEP is such a, it, it like it is a legal document, so it is very mm-hmm. s- sterile in some ways. So for mm-hmm. in order for everyone that will be working with your child to have a complete picture and to see pictures of them in other environments and um I just I think that the vision was a really um really great addition to R I P um and uh have have you ever done any has anyone ever done something like that?
0: Nicole and I talked about doing a resume.
1: Do you remember that, Nicole yes. we had a conversation yeah. and you
0: put together yeah. a resume yeah, um, a positive student profile
1: I know, no gets talked about too. It was too. great. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: I think yeah, that
1: that yeah. just some people
3: may especially if you're um if your child has um may take a while to warm up to people or be the, be themselves mm-hmm. or they add, so then they can say, oh look you know there's they have this whole other life outside of school where yeah. um they're oh, yeah. so um that was one thing is having the vision um
1: mm-hmm
3: was really important, and then um you know that j- just to keep reminding yourself and i and i didn't really realize this until later on in the process that the i e p is a contract to so think of it mm-hmm. as a contract and a yeah. yes. a legal Absolutely. document um and i don't know why we i didn't realize that sooner um, <laughs> but it uh, that would have been something I wish i'd known earlier yeah mm-hmm. and and that um I think that the more, and, and and I think you could probably trust your gut on some of this part about the more warm and inviting and committed to inclusion, the less detailed your IEP has to be. Yeah, um, right. I, mm-hmm. I think
1: Definitely
3: that. True. Yeah, if you have a school that's committed to universal design, that everyone's mm-hmm. on the same page. The IEP doesn't have to be so. I think that your your child is going to get the services that that um, right. they need. And if but if it isn't, if everything has to be spelled out from the the yeah. exact mm-hmm. detail yeah. of, you know, notes that provided every day. Well, how detailed are those notes? Yeah, that, that and, could be a
0: question. And I think yeah. the supports and services training needs to be there too. I don't know if you 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 have that in your child's IEP. There are a lot of things that. People don't know about certain types of kids, and if we don't right. put in mm-hmm. the IEP that we're going to teach that to the teachers, right. then I think we're setting everybody up for That's failure. Great
1: idea. Um, yeah. I never thought of so, including yeah. it in the IEP. Yeah. yeah I shaming have thought a specific spot. But it never does. <laughs> thought on the IEP, too. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: Funny.
3: that was one thing that Cheryl recommended. She was on our... Um, Teleconference into our the final IEP when Henry got into the school, and mm-hmm. she about building the, the that into their planning time, but yeah. it mm-hmm. it didn't get put in there then. But they they have had we did have the training into, um, and is that and Henry's IEP. But um, if you could build the planning time in and that essential, uh, oh, she talked about that yesterday in the webinar, Nicole about mm-hmm. that that. Yeah. Um, Communal planning time, so everybody can be on the same page. It makes everything yeah. easier yeah. Um, and you know to um if you're a non confrontational person by nature um <laughs> to to be positive and kind and true to yourself with that, but to be yeah. to be strong and and don't mince words and that's something that I wish that I had started earlier on um, yeah. yeah yeah
2: and. That's hard. I'm gonna, that, that's it is hard. It is hard, especially mm-hmm. when there's so much it's else going on hard. in your life, and yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, and and trying to to manage, especially if you're starting in the school system and yeah. uh beginning to navigate those waters of um, talking to the teacher, talking to administration, being you know, knowing who the IEP team is. It's just it, it's an incredible amount of uh, knowledge, and it's a huge learning yeah. curve. And okay. I think my and advice we all have a, and yeah, go ahead. oh, go ahead. No, you you go ahead. Oh. Okay. Well, I was just going to say my advice is um, I kind of I I'm going to sort of take a step back to where Amanda su- suggested knowing some of these terms and and we talked about knowing about UDL and I think my my feeling is know out of the gate what inclusion is and know what mm-hmm. it it's not. You know, know how to identify what. Um, is a naturally inclusive situation and know what is not necessarily a natural situation so that you yourself, when you're in an IEP meeting and you're coming up with ways to support your child's learning, you can say, Mm -hmm. "Um, does this really have to happen outside of the classroom or can it happen inside of the classroom? You know, what can we do to have this happen inside of the classroom? Now, and when you look up inclusion on online or in books, there's a lot of stuff to sift through. But you know, there's the, the same message is there is that you're wanting your child to be a natural. You wanting to have a natural experience for your child in that classroom and to be included mm-hmm. and to be part of um, various activities. So, I guess that would be my first piece of advice: is that knowing knowing what inclusion is. It's not mainstream. It's not pushing in. It's not participating mm-hmm. in enrichment classes. It's being a part of that class, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, all day, every day. Um, the other thing, too, that uh, is definitely something that we hear talked about these days because it's becoming uh, more, well, I mean, most states are adopting it now, is the Common Core. And mm-hmm. when it, especially when it comes to writing down those IEP goals for your child is, um, you know, it doesn't hurt to go in there knowing what this Common Core is all about. And there's an excellent website um, it's called engageny.org, and there's a whole section there for parents and families that spell out Common Core in a pretty straightforward way. <laughs> and <laughs> you don't need to know every single goal and standard, but if you go in there with mm-hmm. a, you know a basic idea of what your kids should be learning, um, that's yeah. always helpful as well. And
1: mm-hmm. knowing
2: um, what what they can be um, doing and and how they can be included in that topic or in that subject area. And the other part, too, very quickly, is just um, knowing how inclusion is supported in your child's school. Know who the aides are, know what services are available, know how students are going to be included outside of the class or what opportunities there are, um, who the key players are and the points of contact are in case you need to go in. Um, You know, for example, if you want your child included in sports, well, a classroom teacher may not necessarily know how to go about doing that. So then you can yeah. go and talk to the um the p e teacher or the administrator, yeah. whoever's in charge of that, yeah, so just you know becoming familiarize yourself with that educational environment um curriculum uh supports um you know what can be done and can't be done and uh if, if you go in there with a with some knowledge it's certainly helpful um when you're planning and trying to get the best inclusion opportunities for your child so That's my two cents. Terry, what
1: are you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first, uh, um, Amanda, you had a question something about a contact for your child. What's uh, what's your uh, comment on that? Well, I think, you
0: know, a lot of our children who have not necessarily been in inclusive classrooms from the very beginning are, are wary. You know, they haven't had the greatest mm-hmm. experiences. They're not sure who they can mm-hmm. trust. I think mm-hmm. making sure that you have a contact for your child who your child feels comfortable talking to at school, too. Yes. And, and if yeah. you sit at a meeting right. and, you, and you choose who that person is, who your child feels comfortable with, I think that's a mm-hmm. really good start, too. It's good for parents yeah. to have contacts, but we need to, to realize that the kids yeah. are the ones in that school every oh, day yeah. and they need to have yeah. someone they trust in yes. the school too. Yeah. Yeah, That's, great point. That
1: yeah. That was
0: my two cents. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Um you know, yeah, I have a, a couple of lists on my on my website about signs that your child's classroom is really inclusive and signs yes. that they're just kind of paying it lip service, which are, are things. It's sometimes hard to tell what's going on, and you assume that everybody is dealing in good faith and that if you've agreed on inclusion, mm-hmm. inclusion is what's really happening. But sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you can tell from back to school night or you can tell from a teacher conference or just from being in the school that it's not really real. So if you go to my site mm-hmm. at uh, specialchildren.about.com and search for 25 signs inclusion, and then when you get to the search page, scroll down through the 10 inches of ads that About is put on top of the search, <laughs> you should get down to the to the articles that are uh, 12 signs that inclusion is is for real, and 12 signs that you know it's not really working. Uh, mm-hmm. So I won't go into that too much. I think what everybody's suggested here is very good. I would just say to parents you know because you often can't tell what's going on in the classroom and oftentimes you don't have a lot of control on what goes on in the classroom day to day you know you mm-hmm. don't necessarily know what the teacher's attitude is to your child you don't really know how much of the work you're getting home your t- uh, child's aide is telling him what to write down you know mm-hmm. there's there's mm-hmm. a lot with inclusion that we can't c- control at least on a day by day basis um but the one thing that you can include uh, is it, that you can control is how included you get. You know, if you can mm-hmm. as a parent, if you want your kid to be just another kid at the school, then you need to be like just another parent at the school. You need to get involved in the yeah. home and school. You need to be a class parent. You need to volunteer for the book drive. You need to get involved in the school in every way that a regular ed parent would you know i think yeah, we often kind of point. hide behind yeah. our child's special needs and you know we're busy and we have all these therapist appointments to go to and this is hard that's hard and everybody will let you off the hook about that but if you want to be your child to be yeah. part of the life of the school you've got to be part of the life of the school and parent you know right. pta meetings are boring as heck and you have five million things that you <laughs> could better spend your time on but you still have to go volunteer for the yearbook committee and you can make sure that your kid is represented appropriately, you know, volunteer to help with picture day. So you can say, hey, you know, could you take that kid in the wheelchair and put them you know, with the rest of the class? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, uh, you're you're in the hallways of the school. You can walk by your kid's classroom and kind of, put an ear out, you can sneak into the back where they, wherever they store in the PTs and the OTs and ask them questions. You know, I mm-hmm. used to volunteer in the library, and that was just the best place in the world because I was actually in the school on a regular basis. And when you are, people start to forget that you're a parent and talk to you, and then you can mm-hmm. kind of find out all sorts of things. And people will just come to say and say, hey, you know, Mrs. Morrow, I saw something that doesn't seem quite right to me. I just wanted to let you know. Please don't tell anybody I told you. So Mm -hmm. those are things that you want to hear. So, you know, think of how you can be have an inclusive experience in your child's school. You know, and another thing, you know, if if the school is having, uh, you know, events, if there are things that the student body is invited to, make sure your kid goes to them, you know, after school. Mm -hmm. If there's a basketball game, if there's a, you know, a a parent-student game, go and sit in the stands. If there's a a music concert, go bring your kid to that. Uh, You know, if there are after-school clubs, See if your child can be included, and if not, push it, ask why not. They should Mm be. Um, you know, if there's a dance, volunteer to be a chaperone so that your kid could go to the dance and you can keep an eye on them and he, he can come stand by you if he's you know, overwhelmed by the music. Uh, all You these can things embarrass will them help.
0: just like any other parent. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> this is great yes. advice. Why not? I mean, Why should they miss fantastic. that opportunity yeah. to be embarrassed? <laughs> uh, and uh, also, you know, if your child gets busing as a service, which they may still do, especially if they're not still at your home school, even if they're included, Think about whether you can drive them instead because you don't Mm -hmm. want your kid to be in the inclusion class but then 15 minutes before the end of the day get pulled out to go get on the short bus. Uh, You know, again, and then if you're there picking them up, you get to stand with all the moms and you get to talk to the teacher as they come out. You can see is your kid coming five feet behind everybody else who's holding the hand of a paraprofessional. You know, you can see this stuff. So um, Mm -hmm. as hard as it sometimes is, you know, include yourself. If you want to be yeah. your kids be
3: invited. It really, That's really fantastic makes fantastic advice. It is. It's yeah. fantastic advice and I was I failed at that <laughs> with this situation. So
1: <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: But um it's hard. It's and when you know better you do, do better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Right. So yeah. I wish I'd <laughs> heard that earlier, Terry. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> Well, you know, it's hard to include yourself, especially when you're in a hostile environment. I know one one year I had forced something that nobody else at the school wanted, and that year was very difficult to be included Mm -hmm. in the school, and I was practically under armed guard every time I was in the building you know and people were forbidden to talk to me and they were watching to make sure I left when I was supposed to leave but I you know so that makes it you just feel like washing your whole hands of it and say fine you know I don't need this but yeah you kind of do
2: yeah you do yeah Yeah. uh, I think
1: it's
3: really helpful especially
1: then Mm -hmm. yeah and that's it for this week's uh, episode of the inclusive class podcast next week we will have our school bell right Nicole so I will be able to ring it and we will all know when we're done but I would I'd like to thank our guests for being for the discussion and our listeners for tuning in. This has been a really great chat today. I learned some mm-hmm. stuff, and I hope the listeners did as well. Please join us again next week when our topic will be elements of an inclusive class with Frances Stetson and Carolyn uh, Coil. Coil. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook or look for us on Twitter, mm-hmm. where Nicole mm-hmm. tweets under inclusive underscore class. I am at Mamatou, Lori is at Olabine, and Amanda is at Amanda Morin. And finally, you can download our past podcast for free on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Goodbye and have a great week. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you.
2: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at com. Welcome to the family.
0: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
2: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes...